I forgive you. Wait, what? I was just trying to sort of build up some goodwill with with, with our listeners <laughs> by making it sound like by making it sound like you apologized to me right before we started recording. Right, you're you're sort of preempting getting them on your side in the ultimate fallout of the Game Jelly team. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like oh, Keating was always kind of uh, you know accepting, like giving forgiveness, all that. Exactly. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, who's that? Oh, silence. Okay. Well, I guess I guess there's no one there. Uh, well, hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. Hello. Okay. I'm gonna do. Hello. I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tyrion, wind up big for this next one. Okay. Hello. At. Hello. I was expecting to be interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm. Okay. I'm actually gonna introduce All the right, show. I'm now. not gonna say anything. Okay. I swear to God. I'm literally not going to okay. say anything for the next hour. <laughs> I actually, okay, before the, before we jump into the show, I did, I had a friend who had, uh, who I, who I asked to join the show, but he would just make one joke half an hour into the episode. That would be his whole role in the show. And then he wouldn't talk again. <laughs> oh but, like you'd hear his breathing in the background the whole time. Um, he didn't want to do it, but I really want to do that. Um, hello and welcome to Game Jelly. This is a show where... I guess three people uh, sit in a room and, uh, well, you know what? Let me let me take a whack at that. Let me take a swing at that again. This is the show where we design a game in real time. And uh, before we do the introductions here, I want to say uh, this week, I, I wasn't even going to do the show. I was, I've, I'm really, I just, sub- I just submitted a thesis draft, so I'm really burned out. And, uh, and Keating just uh, submitted a game to the Game Jam uh ludum dare is that it exactly um and so we were just both really tired and so we outsourced the actual uh work of the show to our producer uh honestly we've been wanting to have a guest on the show for a while so everyone give a very warm welcome to ruth demry uh on the show here this is usually the person editing the show uh but today ruth is joining us as a co-host you may have heard their voice already that's true it depends on what i keep in i i am tiran costello i'm a composer and designer and i'm coming to you from a little island in sweden hello my name is keating shimeri i'm an artist and a designer okay and uh thank you so much for purchasing this special birthday edition episode uh root de marie is that am i (laughs) (laughs) it's like the cameo (laughs) exactly Am I pronouncing that correctly? I heard you're killing it out there in the podcast world. Keep it up, buddy. (laughs) Heard you're killing it on Big Biology. We gotta start a Game Jelly cameo. Uh, Hi, my name is Ruth Demery. I'm a biologist and writer, and I'm coming to you from inside of my closet because that's the only (laughs) place that doesn't have echo. And that closet is located on the mainland of Sweden. (laughs) That's awesome. And actually, you can, uh, my, uh, it's pronounced Ruth. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Ruth. <laughs> That's really awkward for me, who's known you for six years <laughs> and been engaged to you for one of those years. Yeah, it's been really awkward. I didn't know how to tell you. <laughs> but the podcast was the perfect place. Yeah, exactly. 
so uh, y'all are about to hear something that we've never said on the show before, which is, uh, Ruth, I believe you brought a game for us today. I did. Um, so I just wanted to come up with a game specifically that is meant to be played virtually through Zoom or some sort of virtual communication software. And so that's where this game comes from. I asked you guys to uh, look up games like Secret Hitler or Mafia, different types of social deduction games, um, which I technically, it's funny, you just did an Among Us episode um, because that is a social deduction game that was made uh, to be played virtually. Um, I love Among Us. I think this it's- is our second. Are you saying this is our second week in a row of just yes. saying, "Oh, and we're doing Among Us this week." <laughs> we're doing uh, Among Us again. Hello, podcast yeah. listeners. We're doing Among Us again. Welcome back to Game Jelly. It's the Among Us podcast. Uh- <laughs> it's the Among Us podcast. This is the podcast where we design Among Us in real time. I will admit, I just said I love Among Us. I've never played the game. I've heard you say you love Among Us, but you've never played the game so many times. It's <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the difference here is the game. a game like Among Us, you don't see each other. It's all voice chat or text. Um, and I think the kinds of games, like these tabletop social deduction games, like uh, the one I really enjoyed was Bang. Uh, there are hidden roles, but then everyone knows who the sheriff is. And if you are on the side of the law, then you're trying to protect the sheriff. Um, if you're on the other side, you're either trying to oust the sheriff or become the sheriff (laughs) that's actually like just the real world though (laughs) it is uh and i don't know how to respond what you just said to i'm sorry (laughs) i mean you can just acknowledge that that in the in this world (laughs) you're either trying to become the sheriff or you're trying to oust the sheriff which sounds like such similar things right um I I meant kill, but I didn't want to say kill on a podcast. Yeah, saying kill on a podcast is a big no-no for the you know radio execs, for the podcast execs. <laughs> they hate it if you say kill on a podcast. So the thing that's really fun about social deduction games is the entire time you're playing, even when you're taking like, uh, like there's a break in the game to just like have like chit chat or anything like that. When you're just hanging out, you have to keep the, the guys up um, and everything you're doing is either, you know, being truthful, deceiving everyone, or double-crossing everyone, or beyond. Um, Among Us seems to capture that to a degree, but then again, the game ends once the imposter is found. So there are differences, I swear, between this and Among Us. We're not doing another Among Us game. But I did realize as I was preparing for this that it's, it is the same genre. Oh well. Um, so the idea I have at the moment is there's a GM who... Uh, is sitting, this is on a Zoom call, so everyone's on their computers uh, on Zoom, and three people are have their videos on and are unmuted and are talking, and then the GM is video off muted. And each, let's say, cycle, each wave of the game is this telephone-style chain of command based on information each person gets from the GM, who I call dispatch, where they, they, they ask for information, and then they can choose to lie or tell the truth about what the information they received was. And so the premise in my head that I've used to think about this is there's a war on, and you and your two comrades are part of Command Central, 
and the only information you have about what's going on on the front you get from an occasional radio uh, communication. Otherwise, the only information you get is each of you has a piece of information. So, for example, the first person has to ask dispatch this fourth person uh, through individual... Uh, you know how on Zoom you can privately message one person? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the way that all three of these people communicate with dispatch. What you're expected to be asking as player one is, like, what news from the front? Like, what's the position? Where are we at? And dispatch always answers truthfully and tells you. And then you can choose to share that information or lie. Um, and then player two takes that and has to input the information into a computer, let's say. And the computer is this fourth person. And they're, they're calculating what's the best move. And again, they can ask any question, get any answer, and say anything to the next person. And then the third person is the one who sends the command to the front. Um, and so again, they can say that they're sending whatever, but then whatever they type in their private message to this fourth person is what is enacted. And then they, the round ends with a radio announcement, which is the fourth person unmuting and doing a radio announcement style delivery of what, what has happened, what's changed in the war. And so it's a semi-cooperative telephone game. I ha you know, we can talk about this. I don't know how to balance things like this, but I imagine the GM knows who is on your side and who's the double agent in the room. And the game continues even if you figure out someone's a traitor. The objective is to win the war. Mm. And so you have to change the things you say and the information you pass along the chain of command to make sure the war is won, even if you know that someone among you is... Someone among us is an imposter. Sorry. Someone among us is deceiving us. <laughs> that is very cool. That's very cool to have a, like a hidden, I call this a hidden roles game. What's the term? Um, I think it's a hidden roles game as well. It's called a social deduction game. Social deduction game. Okay. Um, like, I, I really like that because most, because most games like this, like you said, the goal is just to see who's so sus um <laughs> but in this case um there's like a, a broader goal that one person is trying to undermine but no matter what that is the that is the goal that's really cool it gives me the visual of kind of like the, the visual i get from it is like a ship that's kind of you know soaring down the high seas and then uh you know one kind of rogue person like steers it towards this iceberg and it doesn't matter if you get them away from the steering wheel you still have to get the right. ship out of the way of that iceberg you know that that's kind of the just the vibe i get from this is a game that is like doesn't matter if you catch the culprit the damage is done at that point um so so what kind of um what do you feel like are the holes in this like what do you feel like is needs like fleshing out here so how the war is won. So what are these, what are the victory conditions? What is this information I'm talking about? Um, because it sounds very uh, squishy right now, just to be like, you can ask any question. Um, but I do like the idea of this, real, like, you know, this game benefiting a lot from people being like into the role-playing side of it. Um, and so there is, like I said, you're unmuted with your your comrades, and so you can, like, talk to each other um, and guide decision-making and things like that. But I really like the idea of, like, there being a 
having to decide whether or not it's good to reveal who you're suspicious of because you want people to trust you to... <laughs> I'm jumping off, but have you seen The Princess Bride? You haven't seen The Princess Bride. I have seen The Princess Bride on a bus one time and I got super <laughs> freaked out because they were talking a lot. They were using that word that you didn't want to use on the podcast a lot and I was really freaked out by it. But the biggest thing from that bus ride with The Princess Bride is that it was elementary school so everybody was talking so much about how gross the kissing was M mushy um, stuff yeah i get it i am I, on the same page i got it spoiled for me that columbo is in the princess bride and i was thinking if i went and watched that movie and columbo walked in i would have screamed and barfed <laughs> i literally i don't know what i would have done dude so it sounds like both of you had had scenarios where you may have screamed and barfed while watching this. Exactly. Okay. Keating because there's yucky kissing and me because <laughs> Columbo is in it. <laughs> so in The Princess Bride, there's this one iconic scene where um, he's playing a game where there's poison in one of the glasses. <laughs> and the game is he's allowed to choose which glass to pour the poison in. And then the other guy who wasn't looking chooses which glass to drink from. Uh, and the scene that follows is this very long, like... Uh, <laughs> this guy gets deeper and deeper into the crossing and double crossing of like, oh, but you wouldn't put the glass in front of yourself unless you thought that I would think that and then I would take it. And so it just becomes a whole thing. I like that kind of thing in the game, <laughs> basically. Let's give our uh, sort of uh, game designers opinions on that game. Um, that's a poorly designed game uh, because... <laughs> It's, I don't agree. There's not that much uh, sort of interesting game essence there. I just feel like the mechanics oh are God. sort of underdeveloped. I um, don't agree. <laughs> you, you, that's That scene is great because it's the Grand Nagus from DS9 uh, who's playing that game. I love hey. that Tyrion only likes the Princess Bride because he can pretend that it's Columbo and the Grand Nagus from DS9 <laughs> hanging out together. Well, I was going to say, I'm really cementing my brand as the, like, vintage TV guy on the podcast. Um, so, okay, I have a couple of thoughts about how to do the, you know, win condition of winning the war. Um, my first thought is, so you have the radio operator. You have some sort of, you know, middle person who's, like, running uh, information across the ship or, you know, across the command center. Uh and then you have like a commanding officer who's actually choosing what to what orders to send out to the front. And then the thing that I'm picturing is that the information you receive is you could almost okay. So I have two thoughts. One, I'm picturing it as a war on multiple fronts where what you're deciding is what resources to de devote to which parts of the war. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so then the information you're receiving, the two thoughts that I have are one, it could be just a set of numbers, which are basically uh, what the status of the war at each of the fronts is, um, or maybe something more like a rock, paper, scissors kind of thing where it's saying like, our enemy has played rock at this front 
Uh, I'm gonna be honest I'm so sorry I zoned out for a second and I heard our enemy has played rock at this front (laughs) and I just pictured like Bill and Ted just on an island just like rocking out (laughs) sorry go ahead our enemy is being absolutely radical at the eastern front (laughs) Uh, (laughs) just shredding it's awesome (laughs) so then basically it's a game of telephone where you have to figure out where the Uh, double agent is because they could lie if they're the radio operator about what information they've received the middle section i don't have quite worked out because i feel like they should have more of a role than just being a middleman between the radio operator and the commanding officer but then that person could lie about the information they've received from the radio operator in some capacity or the commanding officer could just ignore the information they've received from the radio op- operator uh, and give bad orders uh, based on that information. That's really cool. Now, this is really, really cool. I think that whatever the kind of, um, to, to go along with Ruth's original pitch here of like, it doesn't matter, like once you get, even once you've exposed the sussy imposter, like it, you still have to kind of win the game. I think that the lose condition should be kind of Arkham Horror style where or, or like the card version of Arkham Horror where you have like um, new encounters and stuff coming up sort of semi randomly and like auto generated. Does that make sense as like a kind of like deck of cards or something that you're drawing from? And that kind of represents like, OK, we had this information that came, you know, that kind of made it through the ship. But then this is what's right before your eyes now. And so the game would kind of sequentially reveal to you, right, was this information, like, was this information faulty? And even if you have it, it's still a trial to kind of deal with whatever happens and, like, prepare to deal with whatever happens. And if you expel someone from, make someone walk the plank, expel someone from the ship who was, you know, was privy to good information about stuff on the deck so people could have different ways of kind of looking at these uh like seeing what's what's ahead if they are not the imposter right um if you expel someone who has good information you're less likely to know what comes up on these cards right you see what i'm saying now now that does kind of uh, i want to stay in keeping with root's original point here of like a game that can be played virtually with people so what I'm suggesting is is maybe somewhat reliant on like having a physical deck of cards, but you could even play off of that in some way, in some cool way of like everyone having different cards. And maybe, you know, if we're all just using a standard 52 deck, like here, let me do a really cool card trick real quick. One sec so that everyone <laughs> knows that I have a standard deck right in front of me. Wow. Um, so as you could tell from the sound of that, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was, that sound of me straining was not me picking cards up <laughs> off the floor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me just shuffle these real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we all have our cards in front of us and we're like doing sick tricks with them and all that. Um, mm-hmm. No, sorry, sorry. That's this is totally irrelevant. Um, we all have like this this like deck of cards in front of us, right? And then kind of like combined information 
from them dictates what's actually there, you know, in front of in front of you. Something something along those lines. Is this making some amount of sense? Like so that it works as a game, as a virtual game. I, I was imagining like being like in command central, which is like like being in like a little room hearing about the war, you know, you're not, you're so far from the war. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I just said ship because at some point Tyrion used the idea of a ship and then I started picturing Command Central being inside of an airship. Oh, that's cool too. uh, I did not communicate that. (laughs) We sort of played our own game of telephone there. (laughs) For real. I also might need you to um, go over this, this concept again, because I think from what I was hearing, it sounds like people can get expelled from the game, maybe? So, well, well, I was thinking of it like Among Us style, like you expel people. Yeah, that's what I want this to be a game where even if you ex- discover something, everyone still plays until the game ends and the, wa- the war is either won or lost. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of how we, because I like that idea, but I uh, feel like we have to figure out how it works so that a, an, an imposter has a reason to stay hidden um, and how to punish them for getting found out. Um, yeah, I guess the way I'm thinking about it then is you ha- you either trust or don't trust the information given by the other the person behind you, um, and you can only make decisions based on that. Mm, okay, okay. And so if the person behind you says the West Front needs, like, uh, you know, support, and the middleman then says okay, the best thing to do is move things west and, and because they trust that person and they have the same objective. But if they have a different objective, they say something different. Or if they think the other person is a, a double agent, they say something different. Does that make sense? It does. The thing I just started picturing is it would be interesting if you could uh, basically fact check the information that you're getting from the person, but only like one piece of information at a time. So oh, that's cool. Or like you had to use up some resource to uh, check up on that. So it's like, I don't think I trust that we're doing so well on the Western front. Let me, you know, look into this secretly or something like that. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Cause something else I just realized is, uh, it might make sense to make the information that you're receiving a little more cryptic. And so then it's not clear whether or not you're following or like doing what the other person recommended basically or not, you know, like make the information more coded. Right. So, so you could have it be that from the GM's perspective, they basically do have a set of numbers behind the scenes, but then they're listing like, maybe they just have to list events that happened on a given front we we it could even be they can uh the the radio operator can only contact one front at a time so they're choosing which fronts they're trying to cycle through the different fronts to make sure that you're doing okay on all of them and then they're hearing this cryptic information and trying to interpret whether they're doing okay and whether you need to send more resources there yeah and the, the cryptic information, like maybe like after each round, after every after we've gone through the chain of command and the, and the order has been given, is this radio announcement that just says if the war is getting better or worse, basically. So the only thing you see is the outcome of the chain of the telephone. But I kind of like the idea that like 
specific things could happen so that you'd have some amount of ability to discern, oh, who might have passed along false information. So instead of just a plus or minus on is the war getting better or worse, like a, you know, oh, that's interesting that like the radio operator said things were fine on the Western Front. And then the next piece of news we got was that there was this, you know, this attack on the Western Front out of nowhere. That's really cool. Totally. Something I still don't quite understand is um, how even if someone is found out, they can still be playing the game. So the way I see it is that if you suspect someone or even if someone is obviously a uh, double agent, they're still a part of the chain of command. And so it becomes this back and forth of like trying, like I would personally, when I think that my, my instinct is, oh, don't let them know I know. And then I can work against them because I know they'll always do the opposite of what I say. So I'll always say the opposite of the truth. Right. It could be, uh, I've been trying to figure out just how to do that in fiction in some way, because I do kind of just feel like, okay, you find out there's someone lying to you on the ship. You just like kill them. I feel like it's, it's one of two things. I feel like it's either like climactic movie scene of like, you're out of line. No, you're out of line. You know what I mean? Like this big kind of show, like tense showdown with the tension of the war, that tension breaks in this room when you realize that this person is a double agent if you think someone's a double agent and information is clearly being passed along incorrectly or being passed along to the enemy or something like that you know you have to do something about that but the other side of this is it is it could also be kind of a social commentary thing of like well what if it's a system that's in place like um like primal fear you know what i mean shoot i'm doing the movie thing again i'm sorry folks (laughs) um it's just like the it's just like there's a system that's in place and even if there's something that's corrupt somewhere along that chain you can't do anything about it you just have to operate in this system of the law and so like even if everyone knows that person still gets to play this role i don't think there should just be an opposite i think i think it's you know it is tactical to some extent and it is you know this front this front this front you know, these resources, these other resources, these other resources, you know, how we use those. So you're trying to figure out how they're lying. But my bottom line here is if we want to run with this idea that the that the, the sus imposter is never kicked out of the, the war room, then maybe it is just like even if everyone knows there is just this, it is a game that is kind of, you know, making a statement on like when there's this system in place, it isn't so easy to uproot that right it's kind it's kind of a keep your enemies closer exactly like tactical decision making that your character is making of like okay i know that this person is going to try and screw us over but we need to keep them here to to do that because otherwise they're just going to you know just someone else is going to become a a mole and we're going to you know, have a problem somewhere else. So if we just make them think that they're doing a good job, then we can be okay. It also makes me think it could be interesting if it's just, if you have ways of reducing their power, but that just makes your whole operation less effective, especially if you wrongly accuse someone. So it's really dangerous to limit someone's power because you might be limiting an innocent person's ability to help you in your chain of command yeah 
one thing that sort of undercuts this is that because of the design of the game, you know that someone is a double agent. Um, so what do you do about that? So that was something that I wanted to uh, propose is what if the GM can choose, like in the beginning of the game when the GM tells the person who is the double agent, they can choose anywhere from zero to two of the people. That's awesome. That's so awesome. you could all be on the same side or you could be the only not double agent in the room. So like the fr- that's awesome. The framing of the game could just be this kind of like paranoia simulator. It is the most important battle of this war right now. So this could be a game system that you give to GMs essentially. And GMs, if you don't, I'm not sure if we said this directly, a GM is a game master. It's the person who like runs the game in like a D&D session or something. Um, the GM can basically basically has these tools to work with and can construct the kind of final final battle of this or, or a very important battle in an ongoing war, construct all these circumstances around it. And the players know there could be an imposter, but even if even if there isn't, winning this war is difficult. And then the imposter piece of this is this like uh, it's this huge wrench that could be in things and could lead to these crazy moments of role playing of, no, I know you're passing along false information. There's no other way that we could have lost that on the Western Front. But, you know, there could have been because the wartime kind of calculations and stuff are difficult, do require, you know, do have some elements of chance. So maybe that goes back to what Keating was saying earlier about having elements of chance. You know, it could be such a high tension situation that you're kind of ready to be at each other's throats. I'm also just picturing the dynamic of you're all talking to each other, but you can also all be private messaging each other about the other person at any given time, but you have to, you know, hide that you're talking about the other people. Um, And then you're also all doing your jobs. So then the radio operator is getting story information from the GM, which could be, you know, like if it's built up into a game system, um, then it leaves room for the GM to have a lot of fun with the sort of cryptic messages from the front in this interesting way. Because part of the reason I was thinking the like randomized thing is because I feel like you get into a tricky territory of like, why is the GM there? If it's sort of just this standard game that happens to require a GM, um, but if it's something where you're actually telling a story about this war and about these characters, it gives the GM a lot of opportunity to actually come up with messages to the radio operator that are specific to their world. May I float something? And in Keating's words, can I take a pretty big swing here? Swing away. Go for it. What if this was done in the form of like a piece of novel software so this isn't just something you play over zoom or discord this is a or it could be an extension of zoom or something but this is a novel kind of video calling thing where oh wow yeah where it's kind of done up like this you know it has all the aesthetic the visual aesthetic uh indicators of like you know of being like a war room and stuff and then it has ways of just selecting one person you know pulling them aside for a conversation you know that's so sick yeah Yeah. oh my god that would be pretty cool and then (laughs) you know then the gm could also have like a whole soundboard and everything even like 
hook it up to certain keys on their computer. You know what I mean? Like, you know, press press P and it does the like Among Us sound, you know. <laughs> or press L and it yells Among Us. Um, so, I'm sure there's other stuff you could do. So here's one thought I have based on that. It would be really cool if there was something in that system that was like a little button you could press to anonymously uh, file a complaint, basically. I don't know what you call that. Is it called a citation oh, that's cool. or something in the that's military? Cool. I don't know. But like a little number or a little notification appears next to people that just shows... Basically, if you feel it necessary to make other people in the room aware of suspicion of this person... Right. You can send that. Oh. And it stacks up. And that goes so in hand. That that goes so in hand with this theme I was talking about of like, you know, corrupt power in established systems isn't so easy to, you know, dismantle. You have to go through HR or whatever. Yeah. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like it goes so well with that concept. Yeah. And it literally doesn't hurt. It doesn't have any actual uh, like punishment for the person. It just leads to social tension. Oh, that's interesting. Or, it, I mean, it could. I feel like it also it could lead to punishment, but it would take a lot of like work. You know what I mean? It like takes resources. It takes time. It takes you know signatures and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I was just picturing a system, which I don't know could could be uh, sort of too big to introduce, but. Going off of that, I think it could be interesting to do something where you can also do the reverse and give someone more power, but that's a really dangerous thing to do because they might be the double agent who's just acting really good so that they can get more power. So then you're making these decisions about whether to grant people more power or take away their power, which granting them more power might make you more able to win this war, but you don't know who's who. Um, that's awesome. That's very similar to, if I'm not mistaken, that's similar to Secret Hitler. Oh, right. I'm going to have an aside here and say I will never forget when Ruth and I and some friends of ours played Secret Hitler. And <laughs> Ruth is really good at this sort of game. And my other friend is, uh, it's pretty obvious. It was pretty obvious when they were not, uh, when they were one of the bad guys. But Ruth didn't know this person as well as I did. And kept being like, no, 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 like, let's give her more power. Like, no, this is fine. Like, no, just give her the more power. I don't think it's her. And Ruth is so good that I thought Ruth just didn't, I thought Ruth just didn't get it. And at the end, I said to Ruth, like, we would have won if you hadn't given her all that power. (laughs) And Ruth's like, yeah, I was the other bad guy. (laughs) Everyone, this was Halloween. We were dressed (laughs) as the Guardians of the Galaxy. And we left that, like, left that room just like no one (laughs) trusting each other whatsoever. These these games are just they they stress me out. I just needed to I needed to say that. Yeah. That was my one worry bringing this to Game Jelly was knowing that Tyrion really (laughs) doesn't like this kind of game. And I love this kind of game. Well, you know, we alluded to the falling out of Game Jelly at the start of this episode, and it's really cool (laughs) that you're just sort of introducing this. (laughs) Y'all want to hear a really cool business idea I had? Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, It's an alarm clock that lets you... That's um, not a business, Keating. That's a clock. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Tensions are high. I'm just remembering this game. (laughs) 
what a stupid thing to say. What a stupid thing to say. <laughs> it's it's an alarm clock that lets you increase your cultural awareness by saying by using text to speech to say a different word from around the world each morning. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Isn't that a good idea? That's great. Can you remember last outro for the last episode where you laughed so hard because you like got to see me cringe for the <laughs> first time? I just like realized like how much that happens without you getting to see it because we don't usually record with video. Um, unrelated. Interesting. <laughs> Wait, so it's just a clock that says like <laughs> "ciao" exactly on the hour. Or something exactly. Like that. <laughs> Why are you talking about this right now? Well, because I asked if you wanted to hear my business idea. <laughs> Tyrion, you said yes. It's I so said, true. Sure, I can quote myself verbatim. <laughs> I said, "Roll back the tapes." I said, "Sure." Have we lost the thread at all just for, um, I, I sometimes get this like moment of like, should we summarize anything here? I think people understand that the mechanics of this are generally information gathering, information passing, and one person can be a weak link in this chain of information passing to either give false information, or maybe there's also a mechanic of passing information to the enemy and changing enemy plans. Um, based on information you get. Um, so, th- so that would sort of be like the internal mechanics of the game. I think everything else we've been saying is pretty clear, but I just wanted to clarify that like, that's when we talk about someone being the imposter, that is what they're doing. We, this is, I cannot believe we really are just designing another Among Us game. I'm sorry. Like, no, it's not your fault. Well, it is your fault. <laughs> it is. But it's like, literally my fault. No, it's not your own. Oh, like, like, that's on us. That is on us for designing Among Us last week. We just, we should have thought of a better word. I should have thought of a better word than imposter here. I mean, that's to all. be fair, you designed Among Us in 2018. We just released it last week. That's it's true. really true. That is true. That is true. Um, I think I want to note one thing, which because this is different from I think from Secret Hitler, because I think in that game you know who your the the bad guys know who the other bad guys are. I would say it would be cool in this game be, to contribute to this just general air of not trusting anything and being very paranoid. I don't think anybody is aware of anybody's roles. And may I say, what's so cool about that is. A bad guy could reverse information, and then the next bad guy could reverse the reversal and make it exactly. That's correct really again. Good. Yeah, and and that could also be because one of my problems with this has been like, oh, but if they can't get kind of kicked out easily, then what's the risk? Like, there's so much risk for the good guys. There's so little risk for the bad guys. But that could be one of their gameplay goals. Is an early gameplay goal for them is passing is figuring out. If there's another person there figuring out, you know, who is what. I guess their goal is to, you know, lose the war, which is to say win the war for their side. Like, but beyond that, I think part of the tension of these games for the imposter person is usually like, oh, will I get found out? And if that's not harshly punished, that's kind of an issue. But here they could have a you know, figuring out everyone else's roles is something that they're able to do that is like a uh, goal of the game to them. When you take people aside in this, uh, like, system that you've designed um, to have, like, a one-on-one conversation, if that's something that exists, it would be really cool if it brought you over to a water cooler. I was just about to make the same joke. Oh, my gosh! Wow! (laughs) This is what it's like 
I, I'm so glad the listener gets to know what it's like being friends with Ruth and Keating. <laughs> hey, uh, Ruth, do you want to? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, let's do it. Do do the same joke next. Y- yep. Um, okay, cool. So this one goes a little something like. Um, sorry, let me find a good joke. Um, uh, this is my impression of the reverse Jay Z. I'm not a business man. I'm a businessman. <laughs> You didn't even give Ruth time oh my to God. make the same joke. That was the joke I was about oh to say. God. Yeah, oh right? I, I wasn't thinking. I, I missed the cue, and oh my God. I'm that was exactly what I was cringing say. so wow. hard at the fact that you just scrolled through your notes app to find where you had clearly written down reverse Jay-Z, colon, I'm not a business man. I'm a businessman. Um, and Ruth was frantically scrolling to find the same note. Um <laughs> So I, I have this joke. Do you want to hear a joke? Yeah, I do. Um, I haven't uh, listened to the last episode of Game Jelly, by the way. Even the sunglasses are polarizing. What? Huh? No, you, you have to. So for that joke, so I was going to make the same joke. Um, but for that joke, you have to have the setup. The what? <laughs> He's <laughs> never heard of jokes. That explains so much. Oh my god, that's brutal. So Keating and I, since the dawn of Game Jelly, have been in a constant competition of who can come up with the game least suited to minigame minute. Uh, Ruth just kind of came in and swept <laughs> the competition. Yeah. Woo! This is a game For that real. literally is not allowed. No, no go ahead. This is a game that is built to not have mini games. Um, oh, 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 oh. Okay. I have an idea for uh, how to set up a mini game minute. In in the like before you start the game, like menu, there can be like an extra, um, and the extras are just a bunch of like thematically appropriate mini games that you can play alone when no one else is logged on yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> it's it's so funny because, um, and forgive me for absolutely razzing you in a second here, but it really, really radiates the um, SpongeBob plug and play <laughs> console that you talk about a lot that you used as a kid. <laughs> it really what? just I mean radiates that something out there. Wait, what? Really <laughs> Well, because it's like, it's, um, you know, just a, just some games to keep you busy. <laughs> That's all of Game Jelly. Um, <laughs> um, I'll throw something out there. It could be that, like, when you, um, it could be that the GM could throw you stuff to do because we're built, because it would be built in this, like, Zoom game kind of interface. You know what I mean? It would be built in this Zoom-like interface. The GM could, um... At either at their own discretion or based on someone else giving you something to do, kind of select a person and choose something for them to do that is like related, like like playing something like Battleship. You know what I mean? Some like war war game thing, and that could be what this is. Is then it has these little like kind of mini games built into it that would kind of force someone to skip a turn because they've been forced to do this thing, which would be a you know, it's almost like in this works with the system we've been talking about where it's like in this world where you can't get someone kind of kicked off the 
kicked off the team, you instead have to like weigh them down with, you know, bureaucratic work or whatever, or like weigh them down with busy work. And that's what the mini games are. That's so good. That's right. so good. And then you could play them from the start screen when no one else is there. Keating, that's a genius. <laughs> Thank you. It's just my uh, raw game designer abilities. <laughs> Ruth was so on board with me just giving you all that credit. That was really <laughs> sad. Do we want to do we want to try this like the stuff that the GM can toss you either at their own discretion or because someone else kind of put it sent a message to the GM saying, "Oh, give this person this to do from this department." Like I told this department to send them this. Sure. That sounds great. Awesome. So yeah, so the way I'm thinking about this is like you're kind of if I'm understanding, this is kind of based on the premise that like you're some of the only people here in this like most top secret part so there is busy work for you to do even though you're all high ranking does that make sense totally yeah okay uh keating do you have a timer should we do a minute or should we do a minute 30 or can we can we super rapid fire if we just do a minute because we have I three think we people can super rapid fire okay okay and we're going uh, let me make sure the timer is working it is uh it, it's a wire board so you have to like connect wires to get the radio working oh that's cool Ruth? Uh, I was thinking you could literally just have paperwork where you have to get through all the papers and find every line where you have to sign every X. You have to put a signature or a date by. That's good. Uh, good. That was one of mine. <laughs> um, sh- uh, shredding files. Oh, very, very good. Um, you have to draw a portrait. <laughs> That's not. Give <laughs> me. Oh, uh, diner dash style of getting everyone's coffee orders. Okay, get this. De-shredding files, taping files back together only if you've already shredded files. Really good. Um, you have to uh, tune the dials uh, to the right settings. Um, you have to restock office supplies uh, around the entire uh, center. Fishing for rations over the side of the ship. That's a little callback. That's what we call a callback. Oh, very, very good. Um, um, Oh, God. Uh, making eggs. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> um, uh, that was where all my ideas I came up with. Let me think. Um, I mean, I can go. I was thinking yeah, of Sonar Triangulation Game. Oh, nice. Wait, I think that my timer isn't working. <laughs> wait, I think we're. I think time is up. But let me wait. It's not working for Kitty, some reason. Did, are, you doing a mini ga- are you doing a minigame minute from a different game? Like, did you time travel from doing a different game, Jelly? <laughs> it sure sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> Why isn't it working? Okay. Oh, here we go. Wait, no? I tried to make one that said words from around the world, but it's not working. <laughs> I got you, bro. Okay, well, let me do an impression of the end of the timer. Clodgy, 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 clodgy. It's it's apparently a Scottish word. Okay. Okay. Shout out to the Scottish game jelly fans who are who loved that so much. For real. You said something about drawing a portrait, and in my head, I pictured that as you're doodling with like your pen on a, on your post-it pad. That's really good. That's good. I really like stuff in in games in like role-playing games specifically. I really like stuff that like invites players to interact with each other in the real world because it, it really helps with immersion. Um, 
into role-playing games if you accept the real world as a real reference point because then the real world stops becoming something that disturbs the immersion of the game because it is distinct from the game world you know what i mean instead the real world is a tool for immersing further into the the game world so if you're like you know doodling someone else you're doodling the other person in the zoom call with you because they are representing their character that makes me think this game would go crazy if there were like face filters that were custom built for this app oh <laughs> you know what i mean to like make you look like like dress you up as a war general or whatever Clutchy. 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 Cheating, your Scottish has gotten so much better. Thank you. Yeah, if you check the um, uh, Game Jelly Slack, I just dropped this in there so y'all can use this as your alarm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I did have one... I'm a little off track here. I did have one... That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what could possibly have distracted me from the game design i had one possible big swing to do as well based on that which oh, okay may or may not make sense finish off with a big swing i like the idea of of some of those mini games that we came up with being just games and things you could be doing yourself like voluntarily at any point the not not the busy work stuff but things like doodling because a lot of the game is spent watching each other or talking to each other, or just passing information. And so a lot of what you're doing, like, physically or visually on your screen can be uh, doodling on a pad, like a, a notepad, while other people are talking. Because it's like you're sitting in a, in a, like, you're in a tense, like, situation, but you're also sitting in an office all day. Yeah, that's cool. That's right. Cool. So you can't just, like, you know, do different things while you're talking and whatnot. Yeah, and I think then you can see each other's screens, so you can see what other people are up to. It would be really cool if you could do that, but you could also, like, there were opportunities to leave messages. So, like, <gasps> by the water cooler, you could scratch something into the water cooler. That's awesome. Um, to send a secret signal to your, t uh, you know, teammates. Or, like, you could, you know, be doodling on your post-it notes, but then you add, like, a th three... W or something like that to tell someone that something's happening on the Western That's Front. That's so cool. That's awesome. Oh, well, that's the. <laughs> I have nothing. I've. I cannot. Uh, I can't bounce off that one. I'm sorry, buddy. If, can you bounce off it if I tell you that it means toilet? It's just so inappropriate. Imagine you're listening. Imagine you're listening. Oh, my God. I have nothing to say to you. Imagine that experience for someone who knows what that means. You should apologize. Oh, my God. Hey, uh, okay. Scottish folks, I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> uh... Can I take a moment to just say thank you guys so much for letting me yeah. be on your show? This I, has yeah. been amazing. <laughs> I got no problem. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you so much for being on. Is there anything you want to plug while you're here? No. Wait, let me think. <laughs> you, have a, you have a website and stuff? You have a Twitter? Yeah. Um, if you're interested in hearing about the other stuff I do, which is unrelated to this completely, 
You can check me out on Twitter uh, at whatthecluck3. <laughs> or you can check me out on my blog at hen and again, like hen and again, <laughs> dot com. Ruth, can you explain the joke with your Twitter handle? Um, <laughs> I'm just really confused. I love that our listeners who don't know you are just like, okay, cool, this like person designing this game, and then just out of left field, you're like, yeah, I'm a chicken maniac, by the way. I would die for chickens. So yeah, but like that's how most people usually <laughs> tend to get to know me very quickly or very late. Yes, I am a big chicken maniac. After about an hour of hanging out with you, <laughs> they realize, oh, wow. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ruth, for being on the show. And thank you, Future Ruth, for editing the show. Um, for real. Thanks so much to uh, Ruth Demery for editing this one. And uh, thanks so much to Ruth Demery for coming on. You two should hang out. Well, and thank you, the listener, for uh, listening to the show. We will catch you in a few weeks. Until then, bye-bye. bye bye. 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 Wait, we didn't say our names, Tieran and I. <laughs> Uh, you said mine a bunch of times. We can say mine again. Never... <laughs> my name is Ruth Demery. And my name is Ruth Demery. And my name is Ruth Demery. And, she... and this has been Game Chili. <laughs> well, I've been Tieran Costello. Thanks again for listening. I've been Keating Shimeri. Thanks again for listening. See you soon. Bye. 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 Thanks again for listening, everyone. And thank you very much to Ruth, not only for coming on the show, but for producing the show. Thanks also to Dylan Lynch for writing and performing our wonderful theme music. After our next episode, everyone involved in making Game Jelly will be in a state of transition, uh, so we're going to be taking a little break. Uh, If you need something to tide you over in the meantime, we have some bonus content over on our free Patreon, uh, along with some slightly extended and some very extended versions of every Game Jelly episode. And you can find the link to that in our episode description, along with the links to our Twitter and Instagram, both of which are just game underscore jelly. So we will see you with a brand new game on Wednesday, May 24th. But until then, stay safe out there and don't ever invest in a business that came from the mind of a podcast host. Bye-bye.